Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. I'm Jason Brown, and I am guest hosting this week's episode of the Arkansas AgCast. Today, we are going to talk a lot about different aspects of farming, from some of the challenges growers are facing, like input costs and fuel costs, to some exciting opportunities as spring is upon us and farmers markets are getting ready to open. Man, we've got a big uh, show for you today and just happy to have you here. Let's dive in. All right, the weather is warm. the uh the time change has happened so the days are longer we have uh all gotten a little taste of the bright sunny uh weather and uh at least speaking for my family we are uh just begging to get outside and and spend some time outdoors so that being said one of the things i think about is fresh produce uh fresh grown food and farmers markets so today i've asked my friend john mcminn um director here uh in our uh, commodities department to join us here on the arkansas agcast john thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me jason yeah so we've been talking a little bit uh around the office about um you know farmers market seasons ramping up uh some folks are opening already mm-hmm. uh i think you know me and mcgee market in north little rock i think they're they they did a little preview a couple weeks ago they've got a big opening this weekend mm-hmm. um but but is it time for every farmer's market to open it's it's a little early uh, uh-huh. we we really more or less kind of look at early may as kind of the starting point for farmers markets across the state yeah but an operation like me and mcgee is privately owned um it's you know logan logan duvall runs that uh that farmer's market or just market in general he's kind of a proprietor yeah. sells all sorts of locally grown produce uh and locally uh produced uh, value-added products such as spices and mm-hmm. pickles and you know sauces and um and that that kind of genre so uh he he's he's a little early but you know he, he's seeing an opportunity there to open but as farmers markets as a whole or community farmers markets early may you're going to start seeing that uh and that's kind of kind of goes with the season as well because there's mm-hmm. really not a whole lot coming out at the moment out of the fields oh yeah so they yeah. kind of give it you know the farmers market is going to wait until the farmers can come to market yeah that makes open. sense yeah and there are some standbys i'm thinking about uh, uh keep talking about central arkansas but mm-hmm. i'm thinking about that hillcrest farmers market i mean sun honey uh you know there are some folks who have products year yeah. round but but when we think about going and getting fresh greens or mm-hmm. um you know potatoes or something like that from the yeah. market that that came out of the field this week we're a little early that's, yeah you know that's kind of the great thing about farmers markets is you're going to have also a lot of vendors there mm-hmm. that are having that'll be selling locally made products yeah whether it's honey you know, uh, from beekeepers or uh you know you'll even see birdhouses and uh-huh. little crafts like that mm-hmm. uh so that 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 keeps and helps drive business at farmers markets and also provides more helps with that family environment and community environment that you get there yeah uh and that supplements you know your your farmers coming in as well food trucks too have started to kind of make an appearance at Mm -hmm. at farmers markets uh, around the state 
And that's another great way to support local. Absolutely. You know, that's a locally owned business. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they're uh, not using locally grown products, which some of them are moving that way because they see the demand in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's just not viable on a business standpoint. Right. Uh, but, you know, supporting a local business, the same thing as supporting a local farmer. It's a food truck versus they're both the same a business, right? One's producing something and one's making you food right there on the, on the spot. Yeah. So that also uh, uh, provides more, you know, more variability in what you can find in those farmer's markets. Yeah. It, you know, also, you know, it doesn't have to be about things that come out of the ground. Um, I reached out to Flying Sea Ranch, uh, the mm-hmm. Lee family this morning. We're having a family cookout at my house on Sunday and asked if I could come get some beef from them. You know, they're right. not at a market this weekend, yep. but they're at the farm and they've got a price list on their website. And she said, let me know what you want and come by the farm and get it. That's an option too, right? Yeah. Rabbit Ridge or, you know, those Absolutely. Folks. You know, you can see, you can find a lot of those people uh, on Facebook or online. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a big presence there, and that's how they market a lot of their, their products. And they're one of our new innovators, you know, in branching out and how they market their beef. They saw a huge demand and a local demand in uh, their beef products and single cuts. You know, traditionally what you found locally was – halves and quarters and beef but mm-hmm. now uh the opportunity to process that that those that uh product uh and get individual cuts and people are just normal people are more concerned about what they're eating uh where their food comes from uh and yeah. they like that family feel say just for example the lees they like they like that family feel where their food's coming from they want to see how those people are uh how those farmers are treating their animals and what mm-hmm. they do and and that's uh and for for the leads, of course, that's easy for them to show because that's yeah. their life. That's what they do. Yeah, the, I just think Lauren told me, you know, you can come up, you can feed a baby mm-hmm. cow if you, if you want, and then and then go pick out your selection or whatever. And and it's great. I mean, I'm buying burgers, you know. Yep. So if you're coming to my house Sunday, you're having burgers from uh, Flying Sea Ranch. <laughs> come on, <laughs> but uh, you know. I mean, that's another easy way if you want to get out. And it's a good little field trip. Mm -hmm. Run up to the farm and see some cows and, and, you know, and and, and buy some fresh local product that maybe it is a little early for farmer's market, but that's an option. Yeah, yeah, you can, you know, you can go to the farm and have that that experience that ties into agritourism. But, Ah, you know, you could also find those people at farmer's markets, too, with frozen select cuts that are already packaged. So that, that, that you can find them in two different places. You know, you, mm-hmm. it kind of depends on what kind of experience you want, whether you want that farmer's market experience of all the people and the the vendors and the food trucks and maybe a band and a face painting for kids and yeah. stuff like that. Or you can actually go to the farm and learn how that, 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 that beef is produced and how that cow's grown and treated. And you can sit there and feed and touch and yeah. pet the cows and talk to the farmer and uh, his family and even the employees out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. sit on a tractor for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good option. Well, we're talking about visiting the farm mm-hmm. and, and talking about the timing of things. What do we, is there anything, you know, here in March, uh, is there mid-March, is there anything that is fresh right now? You're going to find very little as well as fresh produce coming out of the field right now, mm-hmm. if any, what we're, we're gearing up for and what the, the, the star of uh, I would say of special crops and local foods in Arkansas are the strawberries that are about to come off in April, oh, okay. May, and June. Yeah, um, uh, you know a lot of those 
the crazy thing I've always thought about strawberries is they're planted in the fall. And they they run dormant all the way, kind of like wheat. They run dormant all the way through the winter, and then you pick them there in the spring. Uh, and a lot of those can be in high tunnels. You know, and some of those, if they are in high tunnels, they're going to come off earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that a high tunnel is kind of like a giant greenhouse. It gets us warmer. Fall, then, yeah, yeah, it provides heat and warmth inside there to allow farmers to plant earlier in the season and harvest later into the season. So you can be the first person to market and you can be the last person to market too as well. So in your yields, you're going to be a little higher. Mm. Uh, but at, at the beginning of this, you probably, since farmers markets aren't going to open up until around May, mostly mm-hmm. you're going to find a lot of these strawberries being sold in your local restaurants, as well as at their farm stands right there on the farm. Oh. So you go to a place like Barnhill farms when strawberry season starts off and they start selling strawberries and that line's going to be way past their farm stand out on the highway they've done a really good job in the past few years uh, i'm just using them as an example of uh you know um uh, wrangling their traffic oh okay. uh, and they've they've got it all outside now and you can drive through or you can come in uh since covid some of those stands would only let you come into their farm mm-hmm. building or where they're selling their product and it's drive through only some and they do a lot of internet sales too if you don't yeah. want to browse you just make your order on the internet and drive up there, grab your stuff and go. Oh, you got me thinking about the world famous strawberry shortcake at Bulldog. Oh yeah. In Bald Knob now. Yep. There you go. Or, uh, the one at, um, uh, trios. Yeah. That's the video right. We right did last year. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to dust that off for social, um, in April, I think, and remind folks she, now she actually, I don't know where Bulldog sources their strawberries, but, um, uh, trio sources theirs from Barnhills. Correct. Is that right? That, that is that is yeah. right. Yeah. They. Uh, I don't know how long that relationship's been going on, but Trios is uh, one of the earliest adopters, of focusing on local foods and local business and mm-hmm. supporting Arkansas. That's great. In that in that way, um, and you know, I'm I'm happy about that. And mm-hmm. she, uh, uh, they they've done a really good job with it. You know, and they go seasonally with it as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's. The good thing about that is when you you follow the season with the produce, you're getting the best quality and the best tasting right. produce at that time. Right. You know, your tomato and that you get from the store in December at Kroger or wherever that the supermarket isn't going to taste the same as that tomato you picked in June or July. You're not joking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, so some of these places that you that we we're, we're talking about strawberry um, farms and things like that. They have an option for that called uh, UPIC, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? So UPIC operations are there's two huge benefits, and it's one's on the one big benefit of it on the uh, grower side of it mm-hmm. is you charge people to come in and pick their own blueberries. Excuse That's kind of like self checkout. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the good thing about it, you can more or less there may be an unwritten rule that you can have a few while you're, you're picking. <laughs> ah, well, right? okay, all right. Uh, until you're sick. But <laughs> um, the 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 great thing about that is it cuts down on labor expense for the farmer. Sure, that uh, makes sense. And and not only is it an hourly low wage, but if let's say if you have foreign labor. Uh, or guest labor, you you're going to have to house those people too. Mm-hmm. There's you know, a lot that goes there's into a that. A lot that goes into that. Yeah. So if you go on the U pick route, you don't have to charge for as much as labor. And in a lot of these U pick operations, you'll see either the farmer or the farmer's partner or kids, you know, running that uh, checkout 
or yeah. helping yeah. around the farm. Yeah, you know, that's and maybe right. it's a local person or a high school kid, you know, from, mm-hmm. uh, in the area that's helping as well. And that that's huge on cutting costs. Yeah, it would hard to be. It'd be very difficult to be make that operation profitable if you were just hand labor. And you had 20, 30 people out there picking blueberries all day. That makes sense. Not everybody can afford that. Uh, The other side of it is on the consumer side, it's a family environment. You bring the kids out there and pick blueberries all day. Mm -hmm. And you keep them, keep their attention longer than you you would expect. Because you've got, not only you've got the blueberries, places like Y Mountain, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, they have um, cut flowers. So they have fields of cut flowers you could buy. They also have blackberries. Um, and then also they'll have play pens or playground equipment, stuff like that. And some may even have like little petting zoo areas where they'll have goats and sheep and other small animals that, so the, it's a whole environment family oriented, especially geared towards children to just to be something fun to do on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And you can also buy the, you know, you could buy blueberries by the bucket there, or you can buy several buckets. It just kind of depends yeah. on what you want to do i will say if you want blackberries you're going to get there early in the morning yeah and it'll get they pretty, go fast they go, or what is they that? go pretty fast they're hot yeah. commodities you know uh and also it gets pretty hot so if, you, if you're going to do that you want you'll go you're going to want to get up pretty early yeah well as a as a as a dad of a six-year-old i can tell you there's a lot of value in working them you know out and, yeah, and yeah. burning off some of that energy yeah. but you know i preach it all the time but teaching these kids that their food doesn't come from the grocery mm-hmm. store and there's a lot you can look there's you know you can go out you can have some fun spend some quality time as a family teach your kiddos something about agriculture farming the state's biggest industry absolutely you know you can do it you can check a lot of boxes with a simple little trip like that and the weather this weekend is going to be great for yeah it, it will yeah. you know that's one of the big things here at farm bureau we harp on is trying to teach people where their food comes from mm-hmm. the earlier you do that uh, the the better more of the value comes from that that information and in, yeah. in a child's life uh you know you you sometimes i hear the story of kids eating you know chicken wings for the first time and realizing there's a bone in it you know so <laughs> yeah. the, it's little things like that that yeah that you you and i the rest of us take for granted mm-hmm. but a lot of you know children won't even imagine that even the same thing you'll see at school gardens you know the the ag department does a really good job of trying to promote those school gardens i think we have a garden grant as well uh, and that that's the same aspect of trying to teach kids where their food comes from, getting in there, getting dirty, and just making a mess of things mm-hmm. while learning at the same time. And that 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 really, I'm sure it uh, it it the kids have a lot of fun, but I'm sure that really helps the parents to take a load off their shoulders a little bit. Yeah, our producer Brian is here with us. He's got grandkiddos at home. He knows the value of getting dirty and muddy <laughs> and burning off some of that energy. So, well, cool. Um, yeah, so if you want to find a U-Pick, if you want to find, um, you know, a Flying Sea Ranch, you know, somewhere to buy local meat, yep. uh, something like that, where do we do it? How do we do it? You know, the Arkansas Ag Department uh, has the Arkansas Grown website. Uh, you just quick Google search of Arkansas Grown and it'll pop up. Uh, they have a full list and database of all their farmers or all not all the farmers that have put their information into it. Yeah, right? yeah. You know that are around the state and it'll identify what they are, what they grow, who they are, and where they are in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, you know, U of A Extension Agency runs a Market Maker, uh-huh. another website. Uh, it's a little bit more focused on trying to buy and sell your product uh, as a as a farmer or as consumer. You know, whichever one you you are or which party you are. But uh, those two sites right there would allow you to find where in the state some of these 
whether it's a farmer's market or mm-hmm. an agritourism area or if it's just a farm stand. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot. Give me a farmer's market that stands out, st- really sticks out to you. Uh, you know, just Little Rock excluded, I should say. Little Rock excluded. There's a bunch in, yeah. uh, in Little Rock. You know, Northwest Arkansas, the, the Fayetteville and Bentonville and Rogers, Springdale area, all of those mm-hmm. farmer's markets are highly attended, very really? popular, uh-huh. and um, uh, very well ran. Uh, a lot of these farmer's markets, uh, they're, they're set up, differently all across the state okay one um, may be ran by the city mm-hmm. one may be all volunteer work they may be in a, a church parking lot they may be in a random gravel parking lot yeah or they may be like in Fayetteville on this on the city square mm-hmm. so uh and depending on what resources are given to that operation is you know kind of what you get out of it uh and in the more highly populated areas you're going to see bigger farmers markets of course sure Little Rocks, yeah. you know got the river market which is a great farmer's market and the Hillcrest and uh, is a pretty popular one. And then uh, the, another one that's getting a lot of energy or, you know, um, a lot of publicity is a uh, North Little Rock there in Argenta. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good farmer's market. Whitewater Tavern. Yeah. Put, Whitewater put one up. And yeah. the, the, like, I see a lot about that one. Yeah. All right. So official invite back in yeah. let's say a month, right before we, right before May, mm-hmm. let's come back and do like a road tour of, uh, Farmers market. So you give me sense. homework. I'm yeah, gonna have to it's g- homework. I'm giving you something. I'll give me an opportunity to get out of the office. I'll yeah, let's forward. let's let's come back and talk about sort of a guide in the four corners in the central Arkansas. Yeah, you know another one I left out. Jonesboro has a really good one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. It's on campus yeah. or right near campus, yep. right there. Hundred percent. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I am uh, excited to get out, eat some fresh produce. Now I hadn't even thought about you pick blueberries or blackberries or strawberries and so we're gonna add that to our agenda for yeah. sure yeah uh and if you if you make it out to you know barn hill or something like that tell them i sent you ah will do uh <laughs> get the family discount uh, and now i think someone needs to have a, a hashtag you pick till you're sick or something <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> that was funny uh, that one, was one more one more question yeah since, since you got homework mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how well you did um, final four. Who you got? Oh, oh yeah, the final four, man. My bracket quarter of it busted last night with Kentucky. <laughs> you know, I had Kentucky going to the final four, uh, but I've got Gonzaga winning the whole thing. And last night, you know, the first half, Gonzaga and I forgot who they were playing. Is it St. Peter's or St. St. P- Kentucky played St. Peter's. Okay, who, yeah. who, I can't remember who was playing Gonzaga, but it was all the way up until half. I was like, Georgia yeah, State, I yeah. think. That's who it was, yeah. Georgia yeah. State. And then yeah. they pulled pulled away. Yeah. And quite a, so we, there's there's still hope for me in my bracket. Okay. But my little brother's beating me in my family bracket. I'm Uh-oh. not too happy about <laughs> That's it. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks awesome, for man. Me, man. Th- thanks for coming on. All right. I've got our resident uh, economist and expert on row, all thing row crop economy in the, in the podcast studio today. Mark Lambert, director uh, in our commodities uh, division here. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for, for coming on. I see you sporting your Razorback Red today. That's right. We won last night. Thanks for having me. So it was a late <laughs> night. <laughs> First round uh, win from the Razorbacks. And, uh, yeah, I, you got to be happy today. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are not gonna. We're not here to talk about basketball. We're here to talk about uh, uh, the grain markets uh, globally and um, 
there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of influence on those grain markets right now. And I just kind of thought we could run down this list of, uh, you know, um, you know, what those influences may be and sort of get your perspective as, as, uh, as an economist on some of these things. Um, I guess let's just start with the thing that we talk about most around here, which are, and, and probably what everybody's hearing is input costs. Do you, do you have a, a perspective? You know, I know we, we had some thoughts back in the fall. I think you and I even talked about that for the, for the podcast. Uh, now that we've seen these products ordered, they're on the farm. We've seen the reality. I mean, what, what, what is, what does that look like for growers? So a lot of, a lot of growers, you know, I was, I was down in East Arkansas yesterday and I was talking to some guys and they were saying, um, chemicals hard to come by, um, guys that, that are getting tanker loads of fuel right now, trying to gear up for planting season. They're looking down the barrel of 450 farm diesel, mm. uh, which is kind of, kind of unheard of. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing in the news right now, you know, USDA just released a $250 million grant to, I guess, ramp up us fertilizer production, looking looking at uh world fertilizer export and imports you know we import a lot of fertilizer from uh-huh. other countries um higher you know wholesale fertilizer prices urea is a big one here in arkansas which attributes to rice production corn production mm-hmm. you're looking at about a 90 percent increase of, over the last year in price wow. um so uh with that you know the biggest the biggest I guess driver to that increase is where that urea comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, natural gas, it's nitrogen and natural gas helps helps make nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, natural gas is higher, so urea is higher. Import bans are uh, in place. Export bans are in place. Yeah, uh, the tension overseas um, in Europe uh, that's helping drive a lot of the a lot of these prices up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, we were talking before. You mentioned potash specifically. I mean, you're seeing nearly a a hundred percent increase in demand. Is that is that what that is? Yeah. So about eighty five percent of U.S.'s potash comes from three nations: Canada, Russia, and Belarus. Oh wow! Uh, Russia is the primary um, exporter of it, and as we've seen in the news, Russia's invading Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. Russia's imposed sanctions on the U.S. Uh, for quote-unquote unfriendly sanctions, mm-hmm. uh, so they don't export anything to the U.S. Um, and then Belarus, they've uh, Russia's started to try to occupy Belarus as well. So, um, you know, eighty with eighty-five percent of our potash production coming from Russia or Belarus then you're going to start seeing that potash go up. Uh, I saw this morning Nutrien just released that they were going to try to ramp up their potash production in the U.S. Okay. And with that, they said, you know, if we did start today, we wouldn't see that till later in 2022 to uh, 2023. So it's going to take a while for us to ramp that production up. For those who don't know, what's an, what's a potash application do? Um it's just a, a sole additive, I guess, uh-huh. um, for crop production. You know, corn uh, uses a lot. Um, really and truly, I have no idea. So, um, I know I know it is a sole additive. It's a fertilizer. Um, they put it out 
right now before before going out before planning before okay. planning yeah so. all right um yeah so well what are so we've talked a lot about input costs so you, when you've got input costs you've got the the conflict going on in Europe I mean are these things making their way to the grain market I've got to imagine they are so yes and no um yes they're making their way into the grain market where um you know you're not seeing as much grain out there um mm-hmm. coming from those countries you know uh russia and ukraine account for about 20 percent of global uh, um corn exports mm-hmm. and then 30 percent on the wheat market on the wheat side yeah you're seeing high high volatility in the wheat market um, I was I was looking at basis this morning in Memphis. You're looking at a dollar fifty to two dollars under basis in in Memphis. Mm. Um, you know we've had I've heard that they're not pricing May contracts, June contract wheat, uh, just due to the high volatility. You know you could see a dollar fifty swing one way or the other mm-hmm. uh, from day to day. Um, they go up limits, down limits, mm-hmm. and then with a two dollar basis, it's kind of deterring some people. And then some guys aren't even pricing wheat until like a September contract. So with, I mean, you are seeing it in the, in the grain markets, mm-hmm. um, you know, with higher gas prices, people are starting to look, uh, at alternative fuels, mm-hmm. uh, looking at ethanol blends. Um, and then ethanol comes from corn, right? which is helping drive that corn market up, uh, which in turn, uh, our cattle guys don't don't particularly <laughs> like that because yeah. it makes their feed prices go up and cattle prices really hadn't hadn't seen an increase just because there's a lot of slaughter in Brazil, uh, rebuilding of herds in Australia, mm-hmm. a lot of things going on globally in that cattle market that um, it isn't really helping our cattle producers back home. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's a lot. I mean, what about what about China? I know we soybeans are a big topic when when china comes up when you're talking about you know ag what what about china now right now as far as that with soybeans in china uh we're we're kind of seeing i hate to use this word because it's been used so much Uh unprecedented uh, (laughs) unprecedented new crop sales and new crop uh export sales to china wow you know they're getting in the market usda just came out and said that they're going to have um a record record number of um china's going to have a record number of imports next year on soybeans Mm -hmm. and so they're i guess looking for other other places in the world to get their beans you know they they um they started buying from brazil when we had the trade war Mm -hmm. brazil drove their stocks down the brazil's crop isn't going to be as good as as expected yeah i've been seeing that and so they're going to start looking at the u.s for for those imports um hopefully there's not going to be another trade war that goes on uh there is a little bit of talks on that Mm -hmm. if russia starts colluding with china um then uh we could possibly see a trade war i know there's been speculation on that but right um you know everyone's kind of keeping an eye on that as well okay well, not to jump around too much, but I know uh, the Fed has got an interest rate uh, increase, uh, you know, conversation happening. So what about that? So the Fed had their had their two-day meeting this week, uh, and on Wednesday they decided to 
try to help suppress the inflation that everybody's seeing mm-hmm. um, in the in I guess the United States. They decided to increase that rate a quarter of a percent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to basically deter from spending, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to start, in, I guess, encouraging savings, where you're you may start seeing your credit card debt uh, go up. Your T the ten year T yield that really hinders on your mortgage rates. Yeah, uh, long term interest rates. You know, our ag producers. Uh, they take out they take out production loans and those interest that interest is it is just escalating the whole input input price mm-hmm. um, you know in their balance sheet With com- higher commodity prices you know the input prices are going to go up and then they're going to have to take out more um, loans to get to get, to get that product and when your interest rate goes up yeah because for those who don't know I mean farmers often take out a loan at the beginning of the year to i say the beginning of the year but you know to to get to get a you know the products they need and and do the work they need to do and then they pay off that loan once the crop is harvested at the end of the year i mean that's i mean that's an oversimplified explanation but that's how it works so that's why an interest rate can impact a farmer especially when they have to borrow more because their input costs are higher right it's it would be like for the common common people like you and I that don't farm, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of like buying a, having a construction loan out there to build our house. Mm-hmm. We have that construction loan, and then it rolls in. Um, but their construction loan, whenever that whenever it's done, they have to pay it all back. <laughs> right. They can't they can't put it out on a thirty year note like yeah. like we can. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, um, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's just a lot of lot going on um i guess one of the last questions i'll ask you is you had the chance to go to commodity classic is that right in new orleans right well i'm just curious what did you see down there i mean did you did you did you see any new trends uh you know is was there a was there a crystal ball that sort of tells you what what this growing season may may look like or or the next couple from a technology perspective yeah so a lot of commodity classic it was uh focused on um a lot of technology robots um kind of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. um you know we were seeing nasa for the first time they were at commodity classics wow. that they could uh kind of look at global uh satellite pictures and kind of look and see which crops are grown where uh-huh. And so they're going to start overlapping that with with a bunch of data through USDA, yeah, um, and trying to help them help them gather and collect better data so they don't. So whenever, let's take for instance this perspective planning's report, right? So it doesn't swing the market, uh, so to speak. That it's going to start swinging whenever that perspective planning's date come uh, report comes out. This is a we could open up a can of worms here, but like. Are you telling me that you think that USDA may start to rely on satellite data, things like that from NASA, instead of the surveys and the questionnaires and for WASD reports or perspective planning, things like that, like taking an actual look from the sky? I don't know. I'm Yeah, so with like their crop production reports that come out in May, June, mm-hmm. uh, where crops are actually in the field, uh, USDA could overlap that sat- satellite data you know, if with were, ground data or with, whatever. Right. Yeah. And with, you know, 
so they can try to lower their percentage of error on on that data. You know, if it says uh, soybeans in Arkansas are 6 million acres, we all know that's not going to be true. Yeah. And so they can overlap that with that satellite data and kind of pinpoint, you know, get pretty close. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I think I think a lot of people, I think that would be a welcome change. Absolutely. Well, cool. So a lot of, a lot of technology. Uh, it, I mean, it's, is what I hear. The thing that I take away from that, um, which is just in, incredible. It's incredible the way that we've seen farming change over the past several years. Well, is there anything that I, that we didn't cover that you want to, that you want to cover? Um, you know, I know it's all kind of gloom and doom here to where, yeah. you know, commodity prices are high, then input prices are high. Um, you know, it, it is a welcome thought that commodity prices are high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if these farmers get in the field and they start doing start producing or production, then um, I think I think the it's going to be a lot better. Um, you know, we have higher yielding varieties, mm-hmm. but at the consumer level, you know, we're going to start paying a little bit more for our food. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the Fed raising the rates, that it can tamp down some of that, some, some of that, of that stuff, inflation. Yeah. You know, we've we've seen a lot of inflation. I mean, it's the consumer price index; it's up twenty percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's seen seen gas prices go through the roof, and everybody's right. really, um, you know, one hundred and thirty dollars to fill your truck up. It really hurts when you yeah. do that. So, uh, consumers are starting to shift other. Uh, their means other where other places and um you know it i know it is all gloom and doom but you know i'm an economist uh <laughs> economics really isn't the funnest subject uh so uh, that's that's it is what it is yeah 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 well uh you know i guess yeah uh, yeah, I mean that's a that's a good way to say it. I mean, you 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 sort of had to look at some of the harsh realities that aren't always fun. So, with that being said, I'm gonna, I am going to give you a chance to talk about something fun. I'm going to ask after last night, the first round of the NCAA tournament. We already talked about your hogs win. Uh, how's the bracket looking? Uh, I really hadn't looked too terribly hard. You know, I had Kentucky. I think it was losing in the second round. Okay. Um, I do kind of have a long, I had Iowa going in one of my brackets to the final four, which they got beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have Houston winning it all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's going to be a good road for Arkansas. You know, yeah. we were scared that we were going to have to play UConn and mm-hmm. now, uh, That's UConn's out. Of. Yeah. I saw, I heard on the radio this morning, there was, I forgot how many brackets were filled out, and I think there's about 192 that's still perfect. Oh yeah, I was six and a half million, <laughs> like in, after the first three games yesterday, yep. which is pretty easy. So, yeah, I can't imagine how many brackets. But well, I'm beating you. I'm about 615. Oh, okay, place. yeah. Well, uh, I hope your bracket continues to go well. Wish you all the luck, and uh, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for being on today. That's it for another Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.